Hello and welcome to a special edition of the big interview with Graham Hunter in which we focus all our attentions on Karim Benzema. We were posed a question a couple of months ago by our sponsors at Bet365 which was where does Benzema rank in the top five of all-time Real Madrid strikers? Now, it's taken us a couple of months to properly address that question, but it's probably a good job as Benzema has continued to excel and indeed rewrite history. His goal in the 6-0 win over Levante on May the 12th drew him level with Raul as Real Madrid's second top highest goal scorer on 323 goals. That's behind Cristiano Ronaldo on 450. So we are going to attempt to place him in the Pantheon during the next half an hour. But first of all, boys, maybe we can just reflect on the achievements of this season. We're looking at 44 appearances, 44 goals, 15 assists. His best season in a Real Madrid shirt. Surely a stick on for the Ballon d'Or. Graham, if we start with you, how can we break down the impact he has made this season in particular? The Jour de Arrive. Um, I think I think we put this in the context of a team which had won nothing last season, a relationship with Vinicius which you know had been fraught and fraught because he was having to teach somebody um, teach to treat is, is the old expression, and you know a situation in which um, they start in a in a disjointed way. The first three games have to be away from home. So the stadium's not ready. When a stadium is ready, they're getting crowds of nineteen thousand. You you get a season where he, he decides to, you know, push to rejoin the French national team and does so. Therefore, he's getting less rest than he used to in terms of either coping with an injury, just the the the, the physically draining efforts that he puts in, and and mentally. Freshness should have been at a premium. There, there were doubts, I would argue, about whether the you know thirty-something midfield could supply him just as well as he wanted. There have been doubts all season about who, if the four-three-three plays, you know, on the right side of that attacking trio. And in the face of all of that, the thing I'll come back to again and again, um, probably to try and keep up with Pete, whose expressions on these subjects are, are far more complete and articulate. Is, is the stats are brilliant, but the the joy of watching him for a neutral has just been off the scale. It would rank this season, his career too, but this season, given how exceptional he's been at thirty four, um, ranks with just about any of the experiences I've had since moving to live in Spain. Not not top because we've seen several genius players, but it's up there punching its weight. Yeah, and that game that you that you mentioned against Levante when he levelled the record, he could have broken the record because he has a chance later on, and he could have just he could have scored it himself, um, but he rolls it to Vinicius, um, and Vinicius scores, um, and that record forty four in forty four games reminds me of Gary Lineker saying something about him in twenty seventeen. He said um, that he thought he was. Maybe a tad overrated um, because the goal every other game when you're playing for a team like Real Madrid is actually not that great. And he said, Lineker said sweetly that he's a good player, but maybe a little bit overrated. Now, I'm not having a go at Gary Lineker here. Absolutely not. But because I think many people thought that two or three years ago, well, 2017 is more than two or three years ago, isn't it? And it's the explosion of, um, of, of, of prolific goal scoring that, that has made us think that maybe we're talking about 
someone who should be in the argument as, as being Madrid's all-time great striker. Or, didn't Orson Welles um, release the single, didn't he? And it was called, um, I know what it is to be young, but you don't know what it is to be old. And and with Benzema, I mean, you, you could have, ben, it's almost a conversation between Benzema and Cristiano Ronaldo saying, and Benzema saying, listen, I, I know what it is to be you, you don't know what it is to be me. And that that's the greatness of Benzema, that he's been the Benzema for the Ronaldo, for Cristiano Ronaldo, and then post Ronaldo, he's become the he's become the new Ronaldo. Um, you know, this is a guy who any striker um, in, in in history would love to have played alongside. Messi would love to have played alongside Benzema, Lewandowski, Cristiano Ronaldo um, thought he was fantastic and and didn't want to play alongside anyone else. Didn't want the club to sign anyone else. But then you take away the the main striker from the equation. Um, and you stick Benzema between two 21-year-old Brazilians, and okay, um, it, it doesn't go smoothly at first, not, at least not with Vinicius, but now he's scoring at Ronaldo's rate, um, a goal a game. Um, and he's probably not going to catch Ronaldo, but um, who's to say? Uh, how, how big is the difference now? 323, well, yeah, Ronaldo got 450, didn't he? But um, that's that's what's so amazing, that this player... It's like Peter Beardsley morphing into Gary Lineker late in his career. That's basically what we've seen. I warned you this was coming, listeners. I warned you that the Interceptor was going to steal the show. Brilliant comparison. I mean, I was looking at the stats and I think there's been 99 goals that Benzema and Vinicius Jr. have scored or assisted for Real Madrid this season, which I believe that record is superior to four of the nine seasons that he partnered Cristiano Ronaldo. And actually, I think that could be five seasons of those nine by the end of this campaign. So that that, that kind of puts it in some kind of historical context, doesn't it? Pete will bite this one too, Martin, because you know I think in some of our appreciations of Luis Suarez, and I was sitting with... um, Terry Gibson on TV the other day when Terry said, listen, Luis Suarez is, is in the argument to be the great post-war striker. He's that good. Um, Terry certainly reckoned that uh, Luis Suarez was the best striker he'd seen in, in, in on La Liga business for a host of different reasons. One of the things that we, we began to argue, I think, in an educated way about Suarez was that if Messi's at or around the greatest player of all time, he never had a better partner. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's <clears throat> demanding about where, where his position it should be, he's demanding about how he should be served. If he rates Benzema as his greatest ever partner, and it's, it's patently evident that he has been, that elevates Benzema. Another thing, you talked about the, the stat chart. You know, I, I would argue that that's... I think that it's now drastically, you know, there'll be 20 and 30 goals and assists that partnership, Vinicius and Benson, ahead of Mbappe and Messi, um, Muller and Lewandowski, and significantly better in goals and assists ahead of um, Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah. And, and those are probably the, the premium pairings anywhere in the world as strikers. So you don't have an out and out striker, so I think that comparison is good. And Again, I want to draw comparisons with one of the things I reached for when we were always asked to describe Johan Cruyff and I thought most important man in football ever because of how he played and how he coached and then how he became a professor and taught and and educated other people about the philosophy and how to enact it and how to become great. And, and that 
that triptych of achievements I thought was unique. And Ben Summers' achievements this season include teaching Vinicius. There was a really, really good long Vinicius interview with UEFA where he talked about exactly how helpful Ben Summer had been to him on and off the pitch since arrival. That he bore no grudges about the harsh words because he knew that he was being educated. And what we couldn't see because training sessions aren't filmed and, and individual like chats in the physio's room or in the dressing room aren't filmed, was that Benzema followed up the harsh words that he gave about um, Vinicius in Munchen Gladbach when saying him on the don't pass that guy, it seems like it's playing for the opposition. He, the, from the next day onwards, on the training ground, Benzema's like, this is what you should do. This is what I need. This is where you're failing. Modric joined in, Ancelotti helped because of giving confidence. But Benzema has been a primary professor, a primary tutor during his own great season for a spurt in growth in Vinicius, which is elevating him to, you know, he's on the verge of all time. He's on the verge of across the world greatness, the Brazilian at 21. So, you know, the fact that Benzema has not beyond the generosity that Pete talked about in the Levante game. And again, Benzema was given an interview saying, I will, it, it's always for the team. I will always pass rather than score if there's a teammate in a better position. Always. Fernando Torres had that um, attitude. And we were, I think all three of us were taught, maybe many listeners were taught, top strikers are greedy. You know, it's like goal, goal, kill, goal, 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 snip a chance, take a chance. Benzema's got a wider view, a colder view about what victory really means. And um, that's another thing that I, you know, I appreciate about him hugely. And I, he's becoming, he's certainly entering into my, you know, top ten footballers of all time in terms of enjoyment, in terms of people that I just absolutely would, you know, chase down a ticket to go and see. There was an excellent quote from Benzema in France Football in January, uh, where he says, "I don't play like a number nine who stays in the box, but I know how to do it. I don't play like a number nine who just drops deep, but I know how to do it." I know how to do. I know how to do everything, <laughs> which is just a, a fantastic quote. A couple of things in that. Um, he doesn't seem to speak very often, Benzema. It seems like a fairly reserved character. Is that right? Um, and then maybe just come back to this season as well. Ancelotti, can we attribute any of this not not renaissance, but taking the goal scoring to another level down to the impact of Ancelotti? Well, Ancelotti was asked when he took over again at the start of the season um, because they hadn't signed a striker, where are the goals going to come from? And um, I think to some people's surprise in the press room, he said, well, Benzema, instead of getting 30, he's going to have to get 50 goals and um, the other's going to have to weigh in as well. Now, that seemed ridiculous at the time, but um, he's not going to get 50, is he? But we're so close, 44 goals. Um, and actually, I don't know if, Gra- if, um, if Graham agrees with this, but... If you think back to to his his seasons alongside Ronaldo um, and and the early seasons as well, and some of them there were quite poor goal returns. I mean, in the seventeen eighteen season, he only got five goals, and his first season he only got eight goals. But he was never a, he was never a striker who you who you thought missed a lot of chances. If if he didn't score many goals in a season, it was because you know the, the chances didn't tend to fall fall for him. He he, he wasn't a forward who who you who would you would um, you would doubt if he had a chance that he would be able to take it. So he's always had that ability to score. He's just um, magnanimously chosen not to and to let someone else. And and if you go back to his Leon stats, he got seventeen in the season before he joined Real Madrid. He got twenty in the season before. So you know he he's he's always been perhaps this prolific, but you know it's that selfless 
streak that kicks in. And in terms of him not talking much, when he turned up, I mean, he was ridiculously shy. Um, and um, he took quite a while to get to grips with um, the Spanish language. He very rarely did interviews. Um, and, you know, part of the, the magic of the story is not just what he's achieving now, but also what he was like in the early days. Um, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was accident prone. He, I think he crashed his Lamborghini a couple of times. I think he drove it into a tree after one game. You know, he, he didn't convince in that first season. Uh, uh, Florentino, um, for people that don't remember, when did he come back? 2009, I think it was. Um, and he was trying to make up for lost time. Um, and with, the help from, with some help from the banks, they went absolutely mental in the transfer market. And they got Ronaldo and they got Kaká and they got Chabi Alonso and they got Benzema all in the same summer. Um, and um, Florentino very much saw Ronaldo, uh, Benzema as, as sort of the new Ronaldo, not that he's the same type of player, but in the way that Kaká was going to be the new Zidane and maybe you could draw the comparison between um, Ronaldo and Figo. He saw Benzema as, you know, maybe this this guy can be our, our new Ronaldo. But as I say, the first season or so, and even when the goals started coming, and of course that first season, Pellegrini was in charge. He only lasted a season. In comes Mourinho. And Mourinho, you know, pretty famously preferred um, Higuain. You know, the, the, the famous quote about... Um, you know, if you haven't got your dog to go out hunting with, then you have to take your cat. I mean, it wasn't nice, and and so he's come from that place of not not being particularly convincing to being, bar Ronaldo in terms of goals, the the greatest striker in the history of the club. Martin, there's there's, there's cheesy things flow off that. I think, you know, first of all, part of his reluctance reluctance to speak because he's become much more loquacious in recent years, much more self confident believing I have the right to talk about my uh, career. It's been part of what those around him have advised him to do in order to get back in the fold for France, where who knows, maybe in November he finishes world champion. Who knows? Um, As he's begun to speak, it's becoming increasingly interesting to to listen to him because from the shy kid that, that Pete was describing, he's now got really interesting things to say. You picked up on a quote of his that was that was tremendously uh, revealing. But the other side of it is, and, and if we're paying homage to him, we have to be honest too. I think that he's, you know, he, he came from a quite a tough upbringing, one of eight kids, and he made he's made some really bad choices. Peter referred to a couple of them in terms of driving, but there, there, there are two specific incidents in his life that have been really bad choices, however culpable he's been for them. And that meant that he didn't want to speak very much indeed. And I think that, to turn a page again, it's rare across my career here when I've been um, unequivocally full of praise for Florentino Perez because he's a complex man to analyse. There are dark, difficult sides about him, including him phoning up the head of UEFA to ask for me to be sacked. He's not the first person to think like that or make that call either, to be fair. So you know, I'd be defending Florentino in that aspect. But you know, he'd run out of Galacticos, remember, before he signed. As Pete points out, Benzema wasn't a Galactico. And at the end of Florentino's reign, when he, he discovered that as superb a footballer as Michael Owen could be, he wasn't right for Spain, he wasn't right for Madrid, and and you would argue whether he was really a Galactico or not. And they ran out of the possibility of saying that the greatest player in the world or the greatest two players in the world will be on our shopping list and we will bring them here because 
you know, Zidane's and Pavons. That was the idea by the greatest player and bringing through from the academy. And Benzema didn't hit that mark. Benzema was a, a speculative bet based on tremendous talent, based on a good trajectory and, and league titles at Lyon. But I remember the first time I saw him live was Lyon versus Barcelona in the Camp Nou in the Champions League. And at that stage, just before he, he moved to Real Madrid, he looked a little bit, if, if not overawed, he couldn't penetrate that quality of game. Leon's side wasn't as good as the Barca treble winning side that they played against, but I watched him really closely that night. And this is a kid who'd always modelled himself on Ronaldo Nazario. He'd been his absolute hero. He, that was the player he aspired to copy. That's the player in whom some of Benzema's half touches, rolling of the ball, vision around and finishing power, as Pete said, doesn't miss many. You know, you can see elements of Ronaldo Nazario in, in, because Benzema's um, armoury is so full that he can do a tremendous job, that he can drag players around all over the place. He can do what, what fellow pros of Messi told us in the making of um, take the ball, pass the ball. It was a repetitive phrase from Messi's um, teammates. There's nobody else in the world who starts a move in midfield and then finishes it six or seven passes later. That's Messi. Messi's astonishing. You've got players who can initiate the play, cut open a bit of space, make a, a, a blinding pass, drag players out of there, but they're not the ones who finish and you get finishers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Benzema's doing that. That's been another absolute trademark of his career to an extent, but of, of these last seasons, definitely. If anybody was lucky enough to go back and take a reel of his last 80 goals, um, the majority of which, you know, in fact, more than uh, uh, that number has been scored since Cristiano left, he's really stepped up the plate. Look at the number of times when the move initiates with Benzema in very deep-lying midfield, and then he finishes it. I think in in the world right now, you know, not forever, not 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 in the past, but right now, I think he's unique, genuinely unique. And, and that's why we're here today to speak about him. But Florentino Perez did well in spotting him and sticking by him because as well as the, the, the slightly under par start, and the, those, poor, those, those poor return goal seasons tended to be when Benzema was in the absolute eye of, of, of public hostility in France for, for the two, the two cases involving him that went to, went to the highest level of courts in the land. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If we go right back to the start, Benzema made his debut on August the 29th, 2009 in a 3-2 win over Deportivo La Coruña, providing an assist for Raul. If anyone's interested in the team lines that night, um, we have Casillas, Abeloa, Albiol, Garay, Marcelo, Diara, Alonso, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kaká, Raul and Benzema. So it's amazing to think of this guy's longevity that he's connect, connecting Raul to Vinicius Junior by way of Ronaldo. I think that says so much about him. But I think, you know, 
we have to point out that not only has Benzema you know, equaled and will surely surpass Raul's mark, but, and this is a point you made, Pete, quite strongly on the WhatsApp group, he's done it in far, far less games. Yeah, um, Raul um, scored 323 goals in 741 matches. And um, and Benzema's have, have come in 604 games, so, you know, almost 150 fewer matches, uh, which is incredible. I mean, they... They have got one thing in common that, in a way, in their own way, they were both sort of protected. Um, and Graham's already touched on it. Benzema was very much the the call of, of Florentino Perez, um, and Perez has always been absolutely adamant that um, he's not sold. And there was even a season, there were a couple of seasons when the club didn't go out and buy another striker because there was this theory that. Um, he was his confidence was slightly frail and 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 it would be better for him if he knew he was going to be you know the first choice um and and to to kind of protect him from any sort of competition because he wouldn't respond well to it which in many ways didn't speak greatly of him but it sort of underlined the determination of of, of Florentino Perez that this is going to be my guy and um uh, and obviously comes through the. By the way, that that you, when he makes his debut, I mean Real Madrid's attacking squad is just absolutely ridiculous because Raúl was still hanging on, um, you know, refusing to kind of step aside. Um, Ronaldo had come in, they had Kaká, they had Wayne, they had Benzema. I mean, it was a, it was um, it was a ridiculous squad of strikers, and you know that in itself was hard. And, and as time passed, he he sort of became the main man. It's a, it's a testament to this to to the to a club saying to somebody. You are the man. You know, we are not going to get rid of you. So, you know, take that pressure off yourself. We're sticking with you. Um, and obviously, the person you pick to have that much faith in has to have huge talent. But the, the dividends that it's, that it's given the club, that now in the twilight of his career, he's, you know, playing better than ever and scoring more goals than ever. And maybe, you know, they love a Ballon d'Or at Madrid. And Benzema could pick up the ultimate um, individual prize. To be cheeky, Martin, it's all very well you throwing these questions at me and Pete. Show your hand. Where where do you stand on Benzema? What do you like or dislike about him? I want I can come back to that in a minute, but I do want to go back to the Raul thing because um, you know you were quite vociferous in your response on the WhatsApp group about the you know the comparison with Raul, whose mark he, he passed. So before we kind of talk about that, can you talk about Benzema v Raul because it's obviously something that you're quite passionate about? No, not nothing anti Raul. I think the clear thing that I was trying to get across is like when when we many times when I'm asked by an editor to write something about best or better, it puts my hackles up because in some instances, why? If you get some git in the pub or if you get you listen to some idiot on radio or television or um, you're arguing with somebody on social media, there are comparisons made where you want to, you know, go nuclear on them and, and stamp them into the ground. So the comparison Raul and Benzema, I need to tiptoe through the tulips a little bit on it because what I'm arguing is that stats and, and the speed with which Benzema achieved his mark compared to Raul don't do justice to the comparison between the players. And Raul, I'm not saying he would back me here, and if he was in this, the fourth man in this panel, a sort of a footballing guy, Burgess, he, he wouldn't go, yeah, listen, Benzema is miles better than me. What, what was I doing, you know, mucking about at that level all those years? But what Raul always said was, I wasn't a world-class footballer. I constructed myself. 
there have been few in the history of Real Madrid who so conscientiously worked on their game to construct new ways of understanding opponents' movements, to, to be in the right place. He was a man for whom the ball was never dead anywhere around the penalty area, and therefore he did ridiculous things, some of which you, you can see in Benzema's play, one of which I would compare to Raul would be not Rodrigo's pounce in front of Alisson for the um, the first goal um, when when uh, Madrid are, are, are dead and buried in need two in the 89th minute in the second leg semi-final. But the way that Benzema runs for a ball, sprints for a ball, does the Rudolf Narayev splits and, and off his left foot um, volleys Camavinga's ball back into Rodrigo's path. That's the type of attitude Raul had throughout his career. And Raul was was utterly magnificent. But in terms of football ability and vision and balance and athleticism and types of goals scored, Benzema trumps him by such a distance. He just has so many more colours on his palette. And watching Raul was always admirable. If you were a fan of Real Madrid or Spain, you'd have been utterly devoted to him. But there's far more there available for the for the neutral to look at and go, that is that is art, you know, that is that is theatre, that is cinema, that is opera, that's ballet. Because Benzema is, is is different gravy from just about and, and listen, he's a he's a far better footballer than Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, superior to Raul in terms of the things he could do, born different from Raul because physically in every way he has advantage over him. But remorselessly clever, he's done spectacular things. He boils in a little bit of uh, Raul's nothing is beyond me, never say die attitude, Cristiano Ronaldo. But if you do a straight comparison, and Cristiano Ronaldo, if he was fifth man on this panel with Raul and butting in, he, he would disagree with me roundly. He's always wanted to be regarded as the best player of all time. And I think he thinks, I think Cristiano thinks he is. In terms of pure footballing ability and, and how it's been deployed, Benzema is a better footballer than Cristiano Ronaldo. And that, that point, Martin, that I didn't properly finish about them, to both of them having advantages because they were protected. Um, Raul wasn't protected by the president, far from it. He was protected more by, 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 the, by the media in Madrid and by the, by the fans because the fans absolutely adored him. He was one of their own, even though he'd actually come through uh, Atletico's youth system. Um, and, you know, that was reflected as well in how long, and Graham will, will know more about this than me, how long he stayed in the Spain team. Probably too young, too long when, when Villa was already the better bet. He stayed because he was so adored and, and, and to a certain extent protected by the, by the football supporters in Spain and by the, by the media. Yeah, Graham, you were asking about my opinion on it. And I, I think it, it's quite an interesting one because I think the scale of his talent in some ways can only be really appreciated by seeing him in the flesh. And I'm not a great believer in watching games on TV. I think it's a bit like watching, you know, watching it through a letterbox. I, I have seen Benzema once or twice in the flesh, um, but I never felt really qualified to pass comment. And there are times when I speak to both of you and you say things that I think, you know, that is that is the uniqueness of your perspective because you're both on the ground, you're seeing things in the flesh and you have that full perspective, you know. So that's why I've never really 
fully appreciated the guy in the way that you do and maybe that in some way speaks to the disconnect between people in this country who haven't fully appreciated Benzema um, and maybe are only now starting to see what you guys saw five, six years ago. You know, respect to your idea because it is, you know, it's part of the, the, the benefits people like Pete and I reap for what feels like quite a hard um, physical shift across season after season after season when you travel, when you, you know, when you lose, miss sleep, when you have to um, organise yourself. We're, we're, we're solo artists. People don't do our, you know, um, accreditation, accommodation, travel for us in match terms. Never mind the, the beginning of you, you two do brilliantly. But, you know, when, when you're putting in that shift of the, the pressure of appreciating sort of match and writing and previewing it and reviewing it and, and trying to do your utmost, not to be in the in the public eye, not to cause sensation, but to analyse properly, to bring something that, that is meaningful and useful to those who either haven't seen a game we've been at or, or have and, and they want more, they yearn to slake their thirst. We, we're really privileged. to the, One of the paybacks you get is... And, and you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe Pete's met Benzema. I've only I've only met him once for a sit down interview. It was a long time ago, and he was fun and he was funny. And and we had a little joke about bosses and poking the nose into life. And it was all very good. And it was, it was, there's some genuine laughter. And thanks, see you later, and all that rubbish. And then the next time I spoke to him was at a press conference. Spoke to him, spoke at him as a press conference, given a question. And it was the week before a classical, and he was like a cold fish. He was like, "Yeah, we, we, there's no correlation between this and the last time we met." And I and I and an Adidas big shoot where everything was jolly and happy in a film studio in Manchester. It was like absolutely, you're the opposition. I'm in game mode, dead eyes. I love that. I absolutely adore that. In terms of people not not getting it for for many years, I think also players sometimes are victims of their own sort of physicality and. You know, if you've got Ronaldo with the six pack and the, the you know the the huge thighs and powering up and down and look like he could you know stay with Usain Bolt over a hundred meters, it's easy to see you know and it's easy to be in awe. But Benzema at times, you know, sort of forlorn, slightly miserable look on his face. He doesn't look quick. He is otherwise he never would have participated in so many of those you know charge of the light brigade counter attacks that they used to play him, Benzema, and Ronaldo. So uh, him, Bale and Ronaldo, sorry. Um, so I think that plays into it as well. You know, a certain sort of lethargic um, appearance, which, um, you know, maybe that's deliberate to, 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 um, to, to, to fall defenders. But, you know, he's, he, he physically as well is, and he wouldn't be where he is now at his age. I think he's made efforts to, to sort of prolong his career as players often do. I think he, he took a... He took a personal chef um, back in about 2019, Alberto Mastro Matteo, um, and he lost weight. And uh, I remember Roberto, Roberto, um, uh, Roberto Soldado saying to me a couple of seasons ago in an interview that he tries to be, would it be a kilo less heavy every season? Or is, or is, that, is that too drastic? But anyway, more or less saying, you know, if you want to play into your late 30s, then you have to keep the weight off. And you have to be more obsessive about it than you've ever been at the start of your career. And 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 Benzema is has gone that way as well. And he's put an awful lot of effort in away from the pitch to making sure he stays in the right shape to prolong his career. The, the evidence to back up your Soldado interview is if you look at the guy, the shape of the guy that arrived from Lyon, you know, at a very young age where he should have been at his most powerful and lean compared to now, you know, there are there are several kilos absent 
and yet he's still more muscular and lean now than than then. You know, already an elite striker, he he didn't look physically anything like he does now. And the begin the beginning of that transformation, I think, came from you know when Zidane was um, at the club as I think in his, one of his first roles as an ambassador or general manager, and he recommended this this weight loss clinic in the Dolomites eagle's nest or whatever it's called and up then someone went there during the summer and Zidane said to him you know you you know you have to you have to be leaner you must be and it wasn't the same as Soldado's comment about like you know because this is a significant amount of time ago before Benzema was approaching you know middle 30s but you know he immediately took Zidane's word and and although I never measured him Benzema in the pre-season that he came back from having taken Zidane's advice, said he was about seven kilos lighter, which for an elite footballer is absolutely, absolutely astonishing. That's amazing. Okay, let's finish with socio Will Valdez, who says, For me, Karim Benzema ranks third on Real Madrid's all-time striker list, behind only Cristiano Ronaldo and Alfredo Di Stefano. Brackets, sorry, Raul fans. In fact, there is something of the Stefano about Benzema in the sense that he is such an intelligent and complete player that can move seamlessly into different positions on the pitch. Fittingly, the only other player of this generation that is able to link so well with midfield and attack and also start and finish moves is Messi. And as much as it might annoy Real Madrid fans, I wish we could have seen Karim play with a Pep Guardiola managed team. I can't imagine a better footballing number, number nine brackets or nine and a half to facilitate the way he wants his teams to play than the French international. <laughs> so it's a great reflection there from from Will and I guess we're kind of inching towards getting some handle on this bit three six five question of the top five of all time Real Madrid strikers. You know, if we're saying stats alone then I guess he comes in at number two behind Cristiano, but if we're depending on what criteria you use, then you I guess you are bringing in names like De Stefano. Yeah, well, I mean, he's older than me. He may have seen the stepping up. Yeah, I saw his debut, Graham, um, and I didn't <laughs> think much of him to be honest. But um, uh, I, I'm told that the great thing about the Stefano um, was exactly was exactly that that he he would just go and pick the ball up wherever wherever he fancied, um, and it wouldn't matter where it was on the pitch. And then um, you know he he'd do, he'd do his magic from there, and we've we've seen we've seen that from Messi and. Um, um, so, how you compare this Stefano and Benzema because of the because of the completely different eras is difficult. It, it's easy to, to to compare Ronaldo and Benzema because they played together. They played in the same era. Um, I, I mean, I would put Benzema ahead of Ronaldo um, um, just because of that versatility and and going back to what I said right at the start that he he can be the Ronaldo and he can be the Benzema. Uh, Ronaldo can't be the Benzema. Um, and I, I think that, and ju- and just the, something that Graham said a couple of times already, just the joy of watching him. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a joy in watching Ronaldo as well. Um, but it was always, you know, there's more artistry, I think, with 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 Benzema. Um, and um, I, I, I mean, I, it, it seems like we're kind of just jumping on the fact that it, ha- it happens to be this season that he scored forty four and forty four. But I really would put him right at the top. I, I, I really would. Um, with the with the caveat that you know I didn't see Alfredo at his greatest or at his worst even, and I I think there's another little stat that that probably doesn't tilt the scales, Martin, because none of us really saw Paco Gento at his very best either, and he doesn't get mentioned in greatest ever, and not just for it Pushkas, but but Gento remains the only guy 
to have lifted the European Cup six times. Now, Benson was not alone in hunting him down with four lift trophy lifts. But let's say in Paris, um, let's say Madrid win, which is, you know, far from unlikely. And he's sitting on five. And then in back. And 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 Benson, I have no doubt, stays. They're in the mix again. They they have to be in the mix again, adding Rudiger and maybe Chalmany, which I think is probably a, a, a hidden signing positionally that is absolutely essential. As much as we've seen importance from Valverde and and, and shining importance from Camavinga. Valverde isn't ready to boss the midfield and is a different type of player. And at 19, you you can't be saying to Camavinga, you know, play half the Casemiro games. It's it's not on. So a good signing there, uh, plus Rudiger, plus whoever else they decorate the squads with, and Mbappe. And suddenly, if, if Madrid have won in Paris, Benzema, okay, I guess with a couple of others um, across the squad, is in line to equal Paco Gento with six European Cup lifts, in line to. And um, I think Pete's right to, to for, for anybody who's slightly older than us listening to this podcast, of, you know, of, of whom there are some, when you speak to anybody who, who saw De Stefano, the eulogies are, are, are overwhelming. Now, in those days, anybody outside Spain wasn't really watching him every week on the television anyway. So you have to throw in a dose of salt anyway just to say, well, Okay, well, how much of what we're being told has grown over the years? How much do the playing conditions, how much does the rigour of the team's defences and athleticism? We don't know. We just can't do that pound for pound mix. But Benzema, for my taste, um, has become somebody to be revered and somebody to be in, in the debate about, you know, who have been the greatest strikers of our working lives. And just to just to put a ribbon on this, maybe the greatest striker Ramadan ever had is Ronaldo Nazario, but he came at the wrong time and he was cutting corners in training and and partying like a wild thing in his La Moraleja mansion, and therefore Ramadan didn't even see the absolute best of him. But in terms of you know actual ability, was Ronaldo Nazario the best striker that, that Ramadan ever owned? The, the criteria are too difficult, but all hail Karim Benzema. Actually, astonishing footballer and a joy to watch. And, you know, please God, he's got four or five more years. Um, maybe not absolute peak at Real Madrid, but two or three more years peak at Real Madrid. Maybe. I think that's a beautiful place to leave it. I think we've done justice to Bet365's excellent question. And I just want to say that's your lot for this special edition of The Big Interview. Thanks for listening and thank you to Graham and Pete for your time.